saw history time. Are we recording? Welcome to the bonus episode, everyone. This is Chainsaw History. I'm Jamie Chambers, and this is my sister, Bambi. Hello. Who will be telling us a story today. Uh, for once, we're flipping the script, and I'm going to be the one sitting back and seeing what Bambi has come up with. So we both independently research topics without even telling each other. So I only found out just recently what the hell we're talking about today. Yep. Which is? We are going to discuss the infamous Alice Roosevelt. Infamous. Infamous. Actually, she wasn't even just infamous. She was actually super famous. Yeah, I knew she had a, like a She's reputation. so famous. I mean, she was probably the most famous woman of her time, while, especially while she was the first daughter. Well, groovy. Um, if you're listening to this, be sure to go to ChainsawHistory.com where you can find our past episode archive, see our show notes, uh, and find out how you can support us if you want to help us pay the bills around here. Let's go. Okay. So Alice Lee Roosevelt was born to loving parents, Teddy and Alice Lee. Theodore. Theodore Roosevelt and Alice Lee, who was a very, she was an infamous beauty. She was very, very beautiful. And Teddy loved the absolute shit out of her. An infamous beauty, as opposed to famous beauty. She wasn't a famous beauty, but she was supposed to be breathtaking. Alice Sr., infamously beautiful. But then Mm -hmm. then you have Teddy and that magnificent mustache. Oh, yeah. But he absolutely adored his wife. And because they got engaged on February 14th. So he had it in his head that his daughter would not be born until the 14th. So when he got a telegram on February 12th, 1884, with news that, surprise, baby girl, he passed out cigars and went back to work. Well, yeah, he's Teddy Roosevelt. He was an assemblyman <laughs> and he was... let smoke and then... Yeah, he was like, oh, great, we have a girl. She's a little... She's two days early, but that's fine. And then a little while later, he got another telegram. And that one says, uh, you're... Wife is ill, and so is your mother. And his mother was, originally they thought she was recovering from like a really bad cold. And it turned out to be typhoid. Ooh, just, you know, a little mild case of typhoid. A little tiny case of typhoid fever. So when Teddy arrived home, he was there in time to hold his wife while she was dying and uh, go and sit vigil for his mother. And they both died on February 14th. Yeah, I mean, I know a bit about Teddy Roosevelt's life. And he just has these little uh, little bouts of tragedy that sort of ripple through his whole like life. Yeah, and so Ted, and Alice Lee, she apparently had Bright's disease. And it was not diagnosed. And yeah. she, so she suffered kidney like failure. Kidney failure, yeah. So Teddy was devastated. Naturally. He was really, really upset. So he handed his baby daughter over to his sister, and fucked off to North Dakota. Again, because he's Teddy Roosevelt. For three years. Mm -hmm. And because he was so upset about his wife, he never spoke her name again. She was not included in his memoirs. And unfortunately, his daughter had the same name, and he refused to call her Alice. He's just like, nope. Nope. So for the first... No more Alice, and now we're going to read In Wonderland. Yeah, it's... But yeah, he never spoke her. He tried not to speak her name ever again. And he just called her Baby Lee. Baby Lee. Baby Lee. Or sometimes he would also refer to her in letters as Mousykins. 
as his daughter, he sometimes had something yeah, to do with. <laughs> occasionally. And so he had left her with his sister. Eventually, I want to talk about this bitch because she's cool. And there was not one thought in Teddy Roosevelt's head that was not put there by his sister. <laughs> Apparently, she was the brains behind his operation. There was nothing that he did without her consent. Well, he was more of a Tasmanian devil type as opposed mm -hmm. to like a thinking man. So he left her with his sister. Now, she's cool because, well, first of all, her name was Anna, but nobody called her Anna. She was called Baby, like baby girl, like me. She had a similar nickname. They called her Baby. Baby, okay. Baby. But when she was a teenager, she got a new nickname because she was here, there, and everywhere. So it was Hi Baby, Bye Baby. So they just started calling her Bye, <laughs> which I just think is cool. So Alice went to go live with her Aunt Bye, and she called her her blue eyed darling. And absolutely loved the shit out of her. And this was going to, and Teddy was like, this is your kid now. Yeah. It's like, it was just gifted. Yeah, the person who was supposed to take care of this one isn't mm -hmm. around, so this is your Th this problem This is now. your problem now. But Amy was thrilled to have her. Because he's she, off shooting guns and getting into bar fights. He's doing horses whatever shit. the fuck in North Dakota. Right, on a dude ranch. Yeah. Yeah, he literally built a ranch and fucked off yeah. there for, for three years. The man liked riding horses. Until he literally, his sister was like, you really need to like do your job. You need to go back and be an assemblyman, get off your ass and get back get to off work. your horse and get in a chair. Mm -hmm. And so he did. And he had this Victorian, you're supposed to stay like faithful, even in death. So he was like, I don't invite my old girlfriend over when I'm there. So of course his sister did. Mm -hmm. and they got married. <laughs> Naturally. And so his new wife, Edith, in 1886, he came back and he had this uptight wife. Mm. And she was, her sensibilities would not allow her to not raise Alice. Yeah, I mean, that's the so, guy, I mean, the stepmom being like, you need to step up and be responsible. That's a kind of an old story for those yeah. kind of dudes. It's like, it's, it's time to be a family now, Theodore. Yes. So they took baby Alice <laughs> away from her loving family. From, from, from the, the her version of a mom that, exactly. that she liked and loved. And who loved her and adored her and was very affectionate to her. And instead went to go live in a house with her. An ice cube. <laughs> an ice cube of a stepmother and a father that would rather her not exist. Yeah, he's like, you remind me of this painful memory. <laughs> Why are you here? Yeah, and it was really, really hard for Alice. She had kind of a cold childhood. And the fact that she had five brothers and sisters after her, who she always felt like her parents loved them more, like she was the outsider. And uh, probably correctly. And so she would act out. And... Part of the acting out when she was real little, especially like after Edith had one of her children, little Alice declared that she was going to give birth to a monkey. <laughs> because Scandalous. I'm sure that they gave her stepmom the vapors. <sighs> but yeah, and so Alice grew up kind of feeling unloved and unwanted. And seeking attention. And like all kids that seek attention. She became a wild child. You, yeah, she became a complete wild child. 
And so when she was uh, around like 11, 12 years old, like preteen wise, her father became governor of New York. And so Alice got to enjoy being the first daughter of New York. And she was a hellion. And she would sneak out of the house and she would hang out with boys and they would ride their bikes. And they were, he called them like scallywags. Ooh, scallywags. They were scallywags. And she was being a little hoodlum. And her, and her stepmom was like kind of over it. And so she wanted to send her to boarding school. Well, that's what you do when you're a prude stepmom and you've got a wild child. And Alice absolutely put her foot down and refused to go. She's like, how about fuck you? Yeah, so she sent a letter to her father that said, if you send me, I will humiliate you. I will do something that will shame you. I tell you I will, unquote. I instantly love her. Mm-hmm. She knew exactly how how to how work. To get him. How do you fuck with a narcissist? You, you threaten his public image, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, I can't so, have that." Yeah. So Alice was not sent to boarding like, How about school. we just keep you happy and relatively calm over here, mm-hmm. so that so, I can be important and may and eventually be president? Because of course, being governor of New York was just a stepping stone for the ambitions of one. Theodore. Yeah. And the thing about Alice was, I mean, if you know anything about the Roosevelts, they're really brilliant. Um, Teddy Roosevelt was an autodidact and so was his daughter. So she, like him, could recite long stanzas of poetry by memory and really just be able to. Oh, so she could do the same thing. Like he could memorize four hour speeches. Exactly. No problem. Yeah. So she had that exact same ability. Oh, nice. So of all, of all of his children, she was actually the most brilliant, even though she was the only one that didn't have any formal schooling. So she because just, she just used her brains uh, for the purpose of having a good time. Yeah. Well, and she was a voracious reader. She read about everything. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But. All right. Yeah, so. Yeah, she seems pretty groovy so far. Yeah, so even as a preteen, she was like, fuck you, Dad, I'm not going to boarding school. And he was like, I guess you're not. Yeah, because, I mean, shit, (laughs) I don't want that. Yeah, he didn't want to be publicly shamed. So. God, what do you think she would have done? Like, like what spectacle she would have done? It's because of my dad, the governor of New York. Yeah, it, it's it, it's like, almost hard to tell. Like nude, high diving off the roof of a building into a <laughs> swimming hole or something. You never <laughs> know, and you'll you'll see how funny that statement is later. Okay, but Let's go. um, so in 1901, um, he, Teddy Roosevelt became the vice president. Now his family was completely against him being on the ticket because his name wasn't first. And they were like, why would you want to be vice president? That is not even a real job. I mean, traditionally it's a barely shit a t- job. <laughs> it, yeah, it's not even a real title. And they really didn't want to do it. They were very happy being the first family of New York. However, President William McKinley was shot. He sure was. He was shot, and eight days later, he was dead, and T.R. became president. And so Alice and her siblings, even though publicly they were, you know, in mourning and very, you know, 
publicly sad. They were elated. They were thrilled to be going to the White House. Right. It's like, this is, uh, you went from, well, you got the job that no one respects to literally being the top dog. Mm-hmm. And this is America in the very early 20th century when we're really kind of coming out of our shell. Yeah, again, this is right at the turn of the century. This is, yep. you know, 1901. Yeah. And 17-year-old Alice became an instant celebrity. The first daughter of the United States. The first daughter of the United States. And she wasn't just the first daughter. She was the first teenager. Mm, got a teen girl with a serious preacher's daughter syndrome going on. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, let's see where this goes. And she was beautiful. She was absolutely stunning. Here, I'll show you a picture. Oh, yeah. She is. She's cute. She's real cute. She was known for being real cute, real feisty, real smart. <laughs> Dangerous combination. So now we're getting to Alice in the White House, which is anytime they talk about Alice Roosevelt, this is what they want to talk about. Alice's stint as the first daughter. So because the White House was in mourning, they really didn't have any of the normal White House ceremonies for Christmas. and It was a somber occasion because poor President McKinley is all dead and shit. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really open up the White House till New Year's, but they kept everything kind of on the low until Alice had her debut at the White House, her debutante debut at the White House in 1902. Coming out party. Oh, and everything about this party was very well documented. (laughs) And Alice was very sad because her frugal stepmother absolutely ruined it for her in some ways because they had punch instead of champagne. Mm. And they didn't put up a dance floor. Mm. And, yeah. So it was was a lame party. She considered it a very lame party, and she was disappointed. However. Well, if you you, you don't have booze and you can't dance, I mean, (laughs) you know, check, check. Lame party. Thanks for the punch, Mom. So Alice was a little upset. But the press was very complimentary. They thought it was elegant and beautiful. And Alice Alice wore this blue-gray dress that actually became Alice Blue. It was her, became her, not only just her signature color, but it was a nationwide sensation. Literally created a color. She she created a color trend (laughs) to the point where there were poems and songs written about it. There was a play that actually had a song written called Alice Blue. So she is a fashion influencer she, at 17 years old. At 17 years old, she was not only just a fashion influencer, but she was also like a feminist icon because she was just wild enough to be interesting. Well, I can imagine that, you know, any, uh, you know, young woman who's reading about the exploits of Alice is like, man, I wish I could mouth off and, and have fun and do whatever I wanted instead of, you know, just being put in my place and mm-hmm. married off to some asshole. So, yeah, everything about Alice was very, very well documented. In 15 months, they say she attended 407 dinners, 350 balls, 
and 300 parties. Mm. And this list goes on. There's there's so much well, other Well, things. I imagine, so, I mean, because she's part of the first family, the White uh-huh. House itself records all of the shit she does there, and then you got the press following her around. The press, I mean, the only thing that we can, I can even, like, modernly say what would be similar would be how the press was so obsessed with Princess Diana. Right. Because... We don't have anything like this anymore. Yeah, we don't like any of our people. Well, and I mean, with and granted, you know, it's like celebrity stuff now has kind of its own space. But I mean, when people in the time where people didn't have televisions and only had radios and newspapers, they would push real like news stories back. And put frivolous shit about her on the front page. Well, of course, because, because that's sold, that's sold, sold the papers. Because <laughs> that's I mean, you want to move some paper, you mm-hmm. put the pretty teenage girl, not the not the you know tragedy and, <laughs> and the death and the oppression and all that. Yup. And it is said in her purse she carried a dagger, a copy of the Constitution, and her green snake. <laughs> okay, uh, yep. I think that last one bears a little uh, clarification. She had the a, what? She had a green st- snake that she named Emily Spinach because it was as thin as her old Aunt Emily and was spinach green. So Emily Spinach, she would wear her snake around her wrist or her neck like jewelry. Her snake would just hang out on her arm. Would or hang her out neck. with her, or if she she would get real mischievous and like put it under platters at dinner parties at the White House. Oh, there was so much. Every time I've listened to any interviews or anything, they always like to use the word scandalous, and I think that that's a misnomer because she wasn't scandalous. She was outrageous. Right. She well. was pearl clutching, but she never did anything that would get her like shunned from society. She wasn't she wasn't you know, like doing sex scandals or anything like that. Exactly. But the problem is but she's a, she's a young lady and supposed to be of a high society and her her acting this way is so against the social norm. So of mm-hmm. course, I mean, by the standards of the time it is scandalous. It was She's not acting like a proper lady. She was outrageous, but she in the best ways. Right. But again, nothing so much that she would get like not invited to sure. stuff. Sure. No, everybody. So clearly everybody loved her even while they loved talking about her. Oh my goodness. And again, and she was a and she was a debutante. She would have been a debutante regardless. In right. fact, um and Alice being Alice, she came out by herself. But she also went to her cousins um cuz there was five Roosevelt girls. And they all kind of came out in the same year and all five of them, quote, came out together, although Alice was already out. She already had her debutante ball. Right, but her she debut still, as a single Her debut, woman. however, she still debuted with her cousin. So she re-debuted. Yeah. She re- and it was, yeah. So she kind of just was there outshining everybody. So she's an eligible young bachelorette uh, in and Washington, D.C. she fought her father for the limelight. And he got, he would be very upset oh, yeah. with some of her stuff. Like a, I assume anything, like how frustrating it would be for him to say the name Roosevelt on a newspaper and then see not his name attached yeah. to it. That will not do. And it was all the time. 
And so, for some things that he wouldn't have been. A wild teenager is way more fun than the mustachioed, uh, you know, stuffy president. Oh, yeah. And Alice loved to do things like she loved to drive in cars. And again, she was, um, it was very scandalous because her and her friend would drive unchaperoned. Oh, my goodness. And at one time, they drove all the way from Newport to Long Island by themselves. Gasp. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think she actually holds a record for driving alone from one span to another, being the first woman (laughs) to do that by herself, which is kind of funny. But yeah, her and her friend, um, Marguerite Cassini, because she had rich friends. Like Alice was, Alice was rich. Like her grandparents, her Lee grandparents were very wealthy. Wait, you're telling me the Roosevelt's were wealthy among the jet setting? They were, but they were of a lower tier. Yeah, they weren't the... They, they were rich, but they weren't like ultra rich. In today's terms, it would be like millionaires versus billionaires. Right. Kind of deal. But she hung out with the ultra, ultra rich. Like her friends were, one of them was Marguerite Cassini and she was diplomat's daughter and she had like serious foreign money. And I want to say Grace Astor was also one of her good friends. And she was like the Astor 400, like the coveted social spots. So she was included in that. She was big shit. And she would complain because... First of all, scandalous. Alice was a big gambler. She loved to play poker and she loved to bet on horses. In fact, there is a picture of her that was in the papers paying a bookie. <laughs> and her parents were fucking livid. <laughs> she likes to go to the track. <laughs> she did. She liked going to the track. She loved fast cars. She loves fast horses. Smoking like her cigarettes and playing poker in mm-hmm. back rooms. I like her. Yeah, she was really, really badass. And for every scandalous thing that she did, her parent, her dad also used her as a goodwill ambassador. So she actually was sent because her stepmother really didn't like doing the, a lot of the, you know, first lady duties, going out and like doing kind of the the traveling and some of the social stuff. So having to attend all these events and ribbon cuttings and, So a lot of the times they would send Alice. So one of the very first things she did was christen a boat for Kaiser Wilhelm. (laughs) Our our good old buddy, the Kaiser. The Kaiser. (laughs) But yeah, so Kaiser Wilhelm was so impressed with Alice that even though she, when she christened the boat, the meteor, years later, he had a boat commissioned, the Alice Roosevelt. Oh, that's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I wonder, did the Alice Roosevelt go to battle against the United States? It's very possible. That's interesting. Okay. She was also invited to go to, which king was it? King Edward VIII's coronation. So we're talking not just travel, but she's going to like to go to Europe and all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so because there was so much speculation and she was going to be like considered a princess, in which she had already been dubbed Princess Alice mm. in the press, which her 
parents did not like. So she was not allowed to go. And she was really upset. That sucks. She didn't get to be a princess. She didn't get to be a princess. However, instead, they sent her to Cuba for a month. So she spent a month in Havana as a goodwill ambassador. Teddy's like, I had such a great time having, in Cuba. <laughs> and she had a fabulous time. And they were really taken with her. And her trip was a marvelous success. I mean, I've heard Havana is a pretty cool town. Yeah. She was having a great time. And so then things get a little serious. So in 1905, Teddy Roosevelt wanted to negotiate a treaty between Japan and Russia. They'd been fighting. They sure had. They kind of wanted to stop, but nobody wanted to lose face. So Teddy Roosevelt decided to send his Secretary of War, William Taft, Ah, good old Taft. Good old Taft. So he's um, to go negotiate this treaty, except for they needed it to be super secret. And the problem with something like that with Taft is that he was a very large man. <laughs> and he was very hard to miss. Famously, so he's very not, large guy. <laughs> so he couldn't exactly do anything stealthily. So instead, they decided to make it a mission to go see the Philippines and to go check out Hawaii and the Philippines. And while we were there, we were going to go to Japan and see some of these we'll other... just happened to stop by and see the emperor and the czar, you know, me and my 500-pound friend. Mm-hmm. So this delegation was sent, and Alice was told she needed to be a distraction. And so she was. She decided that when the trip got boring, she needed to liven it up. So, like on the train, she decided to shoot at the telegraph, <laughs> at the telegraph so she's boxes. Shooting telegraph boxes from the train for funsies. At one point, she set off fireworks in the train, declaring <laughs> it was the Fourth of July. Which, by the way, I don't even know if it was the Fourth of July or she just uh, declared it was the Fourth of July. It is now, bitches, and, she, it is and now. she's just like. I'm bored. We're going to liven things up around here with explosives and gunshots. Exactly. So when they got to New York. If anyone could have understood that, her father could have. They said she want, they wanted a distraction. And um, at one point, Alice decided to, like when they were in New York, she snuck away from all of her chaperones and entourage and spent the night by herself in Chinatown. Nice. Doing God knows what. But she was back bright-eyed and bushy-tailed the next morning. bootleg coach bags and smoking opium. Pretty much. She, but she was having a good time in Chinatown. And finally, when they made it to San Francisco, they decided to load up on the ship. And the captain had put a little pool on the top, de on the top deck for her, for her amusement, a little swimming pool. So she jumped in it fully clothed. Well, I mean, at least she was fully clothed. <laughs> That's what she said. And it's like this made headlines everywhere that she jumped in this <gasps> yes. pool fully clothed. And she was like. Like what? You wanted to be Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That was the response. She was like, I thought it would only be scandalous if I had taken my clothes off. Fuck what you. Do, what do you people want from me? Mm -hmm. So she, she did. She went to the Philippines, and she went to Hawaii. And the whole time she was traveling... She was literally told to be obnoxious and a distraction, so that's amazing. Yep. 
for once they used her powers <laughs> to their yes, advantage. For good. But yeah, but another thing that she was really excited about on this trip was one of the guys that her and her friend Marguerite Cassini had been fighting over, Nicholas Longworth, was on this trip. So this becomes her guy. And like they're flirting all over this trip and like Taft was almost concerned being her chaperone. So like, I'm too fat to keep up with you too. Yeah. Yeah, and he was like, uh, you shouldn't hang out with him unless you're engaged. And she basically said, as good as. But so the trip was a marvelous success. And especially in Japan, she met the Dowager Empress. And this woman was like a biddy that had her own son killed. And it was like... She was hardcore. She was a hardcore... Like, there was even rumor that she was going to have her nephew assassinated. A, the emperor was assassinated to, because she wanted to maintain her power. But I don't know if that happened. She, she's but like the Queen of Thorns from Game of Thrones. She really is. So even with an interpreter, this old bitch loved Alice. <laughs> Absolutely adored her. She's like, oh, I see a fellow woman who takes no shit. <laughs> so they bonded. And now Alice, and you have to understand, like, when Alice went on this trip, which, by the way, I don't think that our news people are as quippy and as interesting as they used to be. Because some of the things that they had headlined with her were just great. And one of them was when she was going on this trip. It was Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, which, cute, whatever. When she came back, they called it Alice's Adventure in Plunderland because she had so much shit. <laughs> Nice. She was given bolts of cloth and jewelry and all kinds of bullshit. Like they just the people of they everywhere loaded, loaded her, down, loaded her down. And I mean, she couldn't even keep up with it. She was like, there were rings, and she was like, lost those. <laughs> it's like, where did they go? But yeah, like she had so much shit she couldn't even keep up with it. And so she came back and her and Nick got engaged. So it's official. So officially official that Alice Lee Roosevelt was to become Alice Roosevelt Longworth. And so she marries this 30-year-old balding congressman, which everyone said he was so handsome. And you see pictures of him and you're like, I don't get it. I mean, you really. And now granted, she had like serious daddy issues. So she liked older men. Early, you know, 1900s handsome is different than 2023 handsome, I think. Exactly. Yeah. So in, 19, in December 1905, she became engaged. And the wedding took place in February of 1906. And so, unfortunately, the things that she really dug about him in certain ways was also the things that were going to kill her marriage. Like... He was kind of a playboy. And again, that's sexy when he you're was, dating. He was so bald, handsome. He was very bald, handsome, apparently. Women Girls, couldn't keep their hands off him. Women his could head. not keep their fucking hands off him. It was really weird. Like she had to fight her friends for him. And then she got him. And he did nothing but cheat on her. Like it was said, like he started cheating on her on the honeymoon, basically. Mm. Like, they were barely married when he started 
infidelity. There's, you know, there was never any hint that he was going to just be a one-woman man. No. And I mean, I'm sure she thought that that's what was going to happen. She's like, I'll tame this one. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she had, I, I'm sure it was a shock. And the thing that shouldn't have been a shock was that he was also a partier. He drank too much. And she liked it once again. And she, she was partying with it. him. When she, and, you know, when he was a fun party boy. But it's not much fun when you're the wife at home waiting for your husband to get home drunk at 3 o'clock in the morning. And it really became a contentious part of their marriage. But he, he was an alcoholic. He was a horrible alcoholic. So Alice gets married. And Nick is a congressman from Ohio. And... She loved being a congressman's wife. Like, the political scene. In fact, one of the reasons that she picked Nick is because he was an up-and-coming, like, star. Well, that was, you know, her life was being around this That was her life. And her entire goal was to get back in the White House. I mean, I couldn't imagine she would want to, like, just go and just be some housewife somewhere after after being a 17-year-old superstar. Yeah, and it's very funny because she said that after she was married, she spent more time in the White House as when she was married <laughs> than she did when she lived there. Because when she lived there, her entire life was partying. So she was only there to, like, sleep and change clothes. <laughs> but once she was... A married woman and partying was no longer her life. She spent a lot more time with her family. And she especially tried to spend time with her father. And that the time when they were leaving the White House, when, when Taft became president, she called it being expelled from the Garden of Eden. Mm, so she really loved... She really loved the White House. And her whole goal was to get back there. So she marries this... Up and coming star senator from thinking he's going to be the Ohio. guy, but then he turns out to be a, just a philandering drunk. No. Oh. No, he becomes he's a star senator, and he her home becomes a kind of base of operations for a lot of the Republican Party, and okay. like her home is where a lot of policy gets made. She um, hosts congressmen and senators, and her world becomes a political powerhouse. And so, eventually, her husband becomes speaker. Second in line to be president. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Okay, so Alice was very pissed off about leaving the White House. In fact, to the point where, okay, you'll like this little hint, Jamie. Alice was not a Christian. She considered herself to be a pagan. Interesting. That's not, at a time when that's not an, a popular thing for it, a, a nice young white woman to say. Yup. She, but yeah. Uh, so she made a voodoo doll <laughs> in the likeness of Mrs. Taft and buried it in the White House lawn. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So somewhere on the White House. Is a voodoo doll that Alice buried of, of Mrs. Taft. She didn't have enough material to make a Mr. Taft doll. Uh, but yeah, so her husband and Taft were really good friends. They were both from Ohio. They were both in the Republican Party. And originally, he was handpicked by Theodore Roosevelt to take his place. Because 
Teddy was like, I'm not going to run a third term. And then so after he was out of the White House for a few years, he was like, I really just want to get back in that bitch. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt decided to run against Taft, and it put Nick in a huge bind because they're both from Ohio. They're, they're also really good friends. So, like, personally, his decision might not have affected him because they – even told him they were like, "Do what you got to do, dude. This yeah, is politics." We're not gonna be mad about it. We we know how the game is played. But Theodore actually told him he was like, "This could hurt you. Run with Taft," which made a lot of sense for Nick as a politician. However, it did not make sense for him as a husband. <laughs> Alice is like. Not cool, dude. Uh, well, Alice understood because she, I mean, Alice was very politically savvy. I mean, she was. She'd and, been politically aware and she'd literally been sent on fucking diplomatic missions and shit. And at this point in time, she was also being used as her husband or as her husband and her father's closest advisors. Like they were they trust, going. They trusted her judgment on things and wanted to hear what she had to say. Yes. Okay. That's Very cool. much so. And especially at this point, she became like a campaign strategist for her dad. So well, she knew how to work the press. <laughs> she did. And you and before this, like her image really helped Nick. Like they got married and she went to go campaign with him around Cincinnati and like, they were almost crushed at one point. Like, he was, they were, she was just sitting on a stage, and he was giving a speech. And they wanted her so badly that the they, they rushed, her. they rushed the stage to the point where she had to, they had to escape inside a window. Jesus. Into a building to go through it's another like, building like to Beatle be picked Mania up. Beatlemania for Alice. Exactly. Alice Mania. Like she was almost crushed to death a couple of times because of crowds. It was she she called it like she said it was terrible, but, she but exciting. But she didn't go and tell the papers that she's bigger than Jesus. <laughs> no, she did not. <laughs> Which is a good call in America in the early 1900s. So she's campaigning for her dad, and at first she's running primarying as a Republican. And William Taft did shady, shady shit with the Electoral College, and fucked him. What, you mean the, the perfect institution that is the Electoral College that's never let us down even once? Nope. <laughs> that That's the one. Uh -huh. So, but yeah, so he basically, even though he had the vote, Theodore Roosevelt had the votes for the primary. However, because of the way they finagled the Electoral College and because the sitting president could maneuver things he ended up getting the nomination which pissed off teddy roosevelt to the point where he decided to split the republican party and start the, the bull, bull moose party. yep and I, I knew the bull moose party was coming into this so alice became fucking hog wild for the bull moose party she thought the progressive party, she was like, I read it, and it's the best thing I ever read. I read it again and again and again, and everyone should be a progressive. Oh, my God. And this became her Bible. Like, what were the tenets of the Bull Moose Party? I, I mean, I remember a little bit, but 
It's like I, you know, I don't even remember because it was so unimportant to the party because sure. he lost. Yeah, he sure <laughs> did. You'll notice that there, he was a two-term. There's only one more mm-hmm. than two-term Roosevelt or or two-term any of president ever. Yup. So not only did her dad lose the election, but because of womp, womp. but because of the hubbub, yes. her husband also lost the, his seat. The many many failures of third party <laughs> runs. Mm-hmm. So her husband lost her, his seat, and this was kind of the split in their marriage, where it's like she it's bad felt enough that you're a cheating drunk, but now you're out of uh, you know power. Well. It, and honestly, she blamed herself because she was told that she was not allowed to, even though she could do things from the background and the sidelines, she was not allowed to be seen in public at some of these rallies for the Progressive Party. And she broke those rules and was seen anyway. Mm. She went to two different rallies. She was photographed. It was really bad for Nick, Ooh, and he yeah. lost his seat. It's like your own wife's campaigning against you, you asshole. Sort of, even though he was, you know, Congress, it was because of the Taft debacle, he lost a seat and like he was upset about it. She blamed herself. He was an alcoholic. She was disgusted by it. And there. So the writing was on the wall for their marriage. At one point, she wanted a divorce. And then it was like, that's bad for politics. So. They stayed married and just became friends. The roommate situation. Yeah. And I mean, they were still really close. And he already had girlfriends all over the place, so it didn't hurt his sex life any. girlfriends all over the place. And it wasn't even just like, I mean, he slept with her friends. It was... It so, was icky. So, yeah, just not just, you know, not just a guy who couldn't keep it in his pants, but he was just an absolute dick about it. Exactly. Um, it was early in their marriage. She actually was like walking down the street and caught him canoodling in the grass with another woman. Couldn't even walk down the street without seeing her husband. Like fucking around. around. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Good, good job, Nick. Yeah. Nick was pretty stellar. However, Nick was also a great politician and he earned his, he, she helped campaign and they earned his seat back and eventually he became the Speaker of the House. There you go. Yeah. And that was the, the only time he lost a race was the time that but she was partying Alice, with his political enemies. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, well, there you go. And you can't blame her. That was her dad. So she was so she had a successful political partnership. She had uh, a successful political partnership. Despite the fact that they had a sterile, loveless marriage at that point. Yes. Got it. And speaking of sterile, Nick was. So he's shooting blanks into every woman he meets. Yeah. (laughs) At no point in time did any mistress ever come forward saying that. Which is handy for your philandering, but terrible for the, uh, you know, establishing a family at home. Mm -hmm. So eventually Alice started her own covert affairs. Which is only fair. Only fair at this point. And he's been with like a hundred other women. So she has a couple of dudes every now and then. Yeah. And I mean, Alice also, she didn't like to be touched. She had an aversion to being touched. So I'm sure that the hyper philandering guy and she was like, stay off me, dude. But she did get lonely occasionally. And um, 
so she started hanging out um, not only in the family observation for the house, but she started going over and checking out the Senate. And while she was checking out the Senate, she was checking out the leader of the the the, the leader of the of the Senate. Senate, the Senate majority or leader. Mm-hmm. So she started. Ugh, I got a horrible vision. We're getting a crush on Mitch McConnell. Well, this guy was named William Bora. Okay, never heard of him, or at least don't remember. And they called him the Lion of Idaho because he had this big, like, mane of hair. How have I never heard of the Lion of Idaho? Mm-hmm. What a weird juxtaposition. I mean, like, you have... Idaho, the most boring potato-laden <laughs> state ever. And then you got a lion. So it's mm-hmm. like a potato with a lion's mane on it in my head. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah, let's, let's hear about it. So, yeah. So she started this long-term affair with Senator William Bora. And Alice, at 40 years old, gets pregnant. Whoopsie. So, Suddenly she's with a man who isn't shooting blanks. However, her husband is thrilled. He couldn't have been more thrilled. It's a last. Somebody put a baby in there. And again, it was his his baby. As he claimed it, it's his. That was his daughter. And so they had a little joke that before she was born that she was going to name her Deborah, as in Deborah. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and he was like, with so many rumors, and her husband was like, with so many rumors around, you really want to do like that? Like, hilarious, but how about no? <laughs> yeah. So she named her Paulina, and which, oh, I'd have to look it up, but it was like some kind of like Greek tragedy with infidelity involved. Oh, so she, so even so the name was even a jab at her there husband? There was, it wasn't really a jab, but more like a joke for her. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like my infidelity caused this baby. <laughs> but she really, really loved oh, Senator like, Bora. So, who I assume was also married. He was also married. And they weirdly, like, the four of them became friends. So, this was this sort of like uh, understood arrangement, one of those kind of situations? We don't know. Because it was never talked about, it was never written about. But they, but they socialized together. But they socialized. So, in other words, together. okay, I'm going to go ahead and plant my yeah. flag and say they totally had a. They had an understanding. They yeah. had to have, and I mean, even if I mean Nick obviously knew. I mean, I mean, yeah. even yeah, I mean, there was no question that I he haven't touched this woman in years. <laughs> yeah, but it was debatable on how much his Bora's wife knew. But even in her memoirs, long after her husband was dead, she talked about her beloved Billy and how kind and lovely and what a good friend Alice was. And Alice would bring little Paulina, or Paulina, I've heard it said both ways. Um, She would take them, she would take her daughter over to the Boris house socially and let this woman. Let's go visit your bio dad and... uh yeah. His wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, but again, this is... And they all enjoyed her. Nick adored the shit out of her and would, like, take her in and would sit her down on his lap during sessions, and she would bang the gavel. Well, this other guy gave him a kid that he could have, and so, mm-hmm. he, so he had no reason to be upset about it, because yep. he, he was at least aware and cool enough that... 
you know, like it would based on his own behavior and his own limitations. Yeah, and again, it would be even one thing if, you know, he would have accepted it and moved on, but he really did adore this child. He wanted her to feel... Yeah, maybe he always wanted to be a dad, but couldn't, and this was his, his yeah, actual shot Yeah, this was shot his shot, it. so he took it, and he loved her. Unfortunately, Uh-oh, there's an Nick, unfortunately coming. Nick, being the gross, disgusting alcoholic that he was, finally, like, died of liver cirrhosis, uh, so like, when she was six. Sorry, Nick. So... You went the way of many drunks. Yeah, and it's it's really sad, because there was... Like, the Roosevelt family, there was so much alcoholism all through it. Like, several uncles. <laughs> and she married into alcoholism. So. Several uncles died from alcoholism. Nephews died. It was, it was bad. They had a lot of alcoholism running rampant. And so Alice was a moderate drinker. And again, we're going to backtrack a little bit because... You know, prohibition was also Uh-oh. during this time when her husband was a raging alcoholic, and so her husband's a raging alcoholic when it's illegal to to get a drink. Uh, it's only illegal if you're poor. Apparently, that didn't stop any of our elected officials from oh, no. drinking. Never. Alice, in fact, her butler was brewing beer and something else in the basement. Like, they actually, like, bought him a still. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the temperance movement, you got that. Well, that's, that's, mm-hmm. for, these, that's for these other people, these poor people who can't control Well, and again, and- it wasn't even, like, our most of our officials didn't want it. It was literally they gave 50% of the population the vote. And women were sick of their drunk their husbands, drunk beating, husbands them. beating them. Yeah. And spending their money on booze instead of being... In their families, so they thought that this was going to cut down on violence and domestic abuse and crime. And it totally and didn't. And it then they're like, backfired, and it made it so much worse. Like, Fuck! I made everything worse, and now it's illegal for me to get drunk too. Shit. Yeah, but apparently our elected officials did not give a fuck about those rules because. And rich people kept having their, you know, Great Gatsby parties the whole time. The whole fucking time. In fact, it was very funny because um, the president at the time, oh, I can't even remember his name and it's going to bother me. But anyway, the president at the time didn't have a wife, so his sister was taking over. And so there was a big kerfuffle about when she was going to be sat down. Like there was so much precedence about who sits where and when they get sat and blah, 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 right, blah, blah, blah. Social bullshit. And so she should have been, in theory, like after all the diplomats and the senators' wives and things. Like the official wives get to sit down and then she would. And the president was like, no, she's my official hostess. Fuck you. And so it was said that Alice refused to go to some of these dinners and parties because this woman was going to be sat down in front of her. She's like, oh, hell no. And, and yeah, so the, she was like, fuck no. However, Alice laughed about this, and she was like, no, Nick didn't want to go because they had dry parties. <laughs> so he didn't want to go to a dry dinner, so he used his wife as an oh, excuse, like- and she looked like a total bitch. <laughs> and she was like, I'm not facing these people sober. Are you out of your goddamn mind? (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like she looked like a bitch and she was like me, 
you think I give a shit about precedent? <laughs> Have you met me? And so time goes by. She goes to one of these dinners and she's hugging or and holding the woman's hands and being very friendly. And she was like, this isn't a thing. You guys made this up. Yeah. I just canceled dinner because my husband is a drunk. <laughs> my, my drunk husband didn't want to be bored here. <laughs> Damn dinner. Pretty much. But that was the kind of shit that went around. Gotcha. And so here we are. Poor Nick is dead. And Alice is still running D.C. Washington is still her hub. They are still in her living room, even though there's no reason. Right. She has no official reason to be hostessing anything, but she don't stop. Yeah, but, I mean, everybody, it's already, she's already got it. She's yeah. just got to keep going. Yeah, and again, and it was also one of the most popular places to be. Everyone loved going to her she house. She sounds like an awesome play, person to hang mm -hmm. out with. Yeah, and again, it's like the wine was always good and the food was always good and the conversation was always stimulating like it was she was smart always... and witty and fun so yeah and she was funny she was absolutely hysterical like some of her witticisms are great like one of the things that she said about her father because he was such a narcissist was he was the bride at every wedding the, the baby at every, every christening, christening and the, the corpse, corpse at every funeral. funeral. I'm using that exact same quote mm -hmm. in my episode. That's hilarious. Yep, because and that is exactly. I what, know. I know what what event that quote came from. That was at her own wedding <laughs> when her dad showed up, immediately taking up the spotlight mm -hmm. and talking, and the whole room stopped paying attention to the bride. And that was when she was like, "Yeah, my dad." cannot stand to not be the center of attention. He's jealous of the corpse at a fucking funeral. Yeah. It was like, no, he has to be the center of attention. No, at all uh, that was the which best Teddy also, Roosevelt quote I found. Which is also kind of great because it's like, she was the exact same way. She was yeah. just the, I mean, if there was an heir to Teddy Roosevelt, it would not be Teddy Roosevelt Jr., which right. technically he's the third, which I always think is weird Weird because they should call him the third, but they always call him Jr. Because I guess we don't think of Teddy Roosevelt as as Teddy Jr. Yeah, but we come from a country where everybody nicknamed George W. Bush Jr., even though he wasn't, and Al Gore was Jr., and we never called him that. <laughs> so, you know, whatever, Americans. We do what we want. Where do things go from here? Where Alice do things from here? go from here? So... One of the things that happens is her brother, Ted, who, by the way, it's like at this point, she wants to pour all of her political clout into her brother. It's like this was going because at first she was like, maybe my husband will be my ticket to the White. She had three different tickets to the White House, either by her lover, her, her brother or her husband. None of them got her there. And one of the reasons that Ted got his, uh, he got his political career railroaded and in the meanest and worst way possible and by Eleanor Roosevelt. Oof. The one like nasty thing she ever did. No, she wrecked Ted. Oh, she wrecked Ted. Now, granted, you have to, okay, we're even going to have to backtrack a little bit before that because this feud started when uh, Franklin Roosevelt got on the ticket for vice president. Because it was the two sets of Roosevelt's were feuding. So Franklin is going around the country, you know, campaigning as vice president. 
So instead of doing his own campaign, Ted decides to follow Franklin around saying he's not really the real Teddy Roosevelt's because mm. people were confused about no. the Roosevelt name and kept referring to him as Teddy Roosevelt's son. Right. And so that really pissed off Ted Jr. Sure. <laughs> and he went around the country like, behind no, no, no. Franklin going, no, 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 Those no. are the West Egg Roosevelt's. We are the East Egg Roosevelt's. Yes. Yes, they called themselves Roosevelt's instead of Roosevelt's. And yeah, it, it it was just petty. Eleanor participated. And it was <laughs> super petty. So when Ted decided he was going to get reelected for governor of New York, unfortunately, him and his brother had gotten into a little kerfluffle with this oil scandal. Uh-oh. So I don't want to go into it because it's complicated and it's boring, But the thing you need to know about it is it was a financial scandal, and it was called the Teapot Dome Scandal. Oh, I remember the Teapot Dome Scandal. Yeah, that was a bunch of shenanigans. It was shenanigans. So Eleanor Roosevelt, actually, they had a car, and they made it into a teapot and would follow him around. And Let's remind everyone... Yeah, and so they would give speeches and do flyers, and like they would try to be there, like right before, right after he'd be given a speech in this oh. teapot car, and it was like the brainchild of Eleanor Roosevelt, and Alice could not forgive her for it. It was like this was that bitch, <laughs> and yeah. And so, oh, this is great! I love it because your your two favorite Roosevelts are on the opposite and side. And now they're feuding because before this, they were always really good friends. And I mean, they grew up together. They were both orphaned. They were both half raised by their aunt Bai. But now they're ready for a cage match. They are ding ding ding. So Franklin Roosevelt wants to become president. He sure does. Like, a lot. (laughs) And and until he dies, actually. A lot. And Alice could not have been more fucking furious. She was so upset by this. Because her brother didn't get into the White House. Her lover didn't get into the White House. And her husband didn't get into the White House. But her fucking ugly ass cousin and her feather duster of a husband, because Mm -hmm. that's what they like to call FDR. They said that FD stood for feather duster because he was a, they thought that he was an intellectual lightweight of the family. Ah, yes. FDR. FDR. (laughs) Famous, Famous, uh, you know. Intellectual lightweight. The dunce of the group. Yes. But that is how they considered him. Sure. And a lot of it was just because Franklin liked to think before he spoke, which was... N- the, the opposite the of Teddy. Opposite <laughs> he of never Teddy shut Roosevelt. the fuck up with whatever thought was just tumbling through his ridiculous child man brain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he was considered like the lightweight. Ooh, Eleanor. She picked the wrong side. This inferior person in her mind... And Eleanor, it's like we're in, you know, she is gorgeous and Eleanor is not traditionally attractive. Which, yeah. Yeah, she was the Which ugly can, duckling of her help family. But feed into how, how our, uh, our petty beauty is feeling at the moment. Oh, it is, yeah. And Eleanor famously didn't give a 
fuck about her appearance either. As long as she looked tidy. That's right. all she cared about. She just wanted to look tidy. She wanted to look clean and tidy. She didn't give a shit if the newspaper was talking about how beautiful she was. Because she, yeah. she wasn't going to be. Yeah. She gave up on that and focused on her strengths. Yeah. Well, I mean, she never had that. She was... Cons- and both women, oddly enough, considered themselves very shy. And... But one of them actually wasn't because obviously and Alice does not sound shy. Alice doesn't. Yeah. And she says she was shy because she could not do public speaking. Like that terrified her. I, I, and it's like, I have a phobia of public speaking. Yeah. And, and the, that has not nothing famous, to do with shyness. I am not shy even a little bit, but I still shit my pants if I, and like I can talk into a microphone all day long to like you. Yeah. But when I actually give a speech, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Like, but she couldn't stand up in front of crowds of people. So she considered herself shy, which again, that's. Com- she, she just misunderstood what stage fright versus. And again, well, and it's so funny because it's like when you hear reportings of her and in interviews and stuff, because she called herself shy and she said she had no influence. Well, they just repeated she what she said. She was just there. Well, it's just like everything that Teddy said, they would just repeat as if it were true so when half of it was she bullshit. goes down in history as this shy, non-fluential woman when in actuality... The, sh- the shy woman who was on the cover of the newspaper all the time? Mm-hmm. That's how, yeah, that's how you know they're shy. Yeah. She would give, she would give statements to the press, but she never gave interviews. That is until Eleanor Roosevelt started her own My Day little portion on the radio. Oh. So Eleanor started writing column in the newspaper. And so Alice started writing a column in the newspaper to counteract whatever Eleanor was saying. And so Eleanor had a spot on the radio. Alice got a spot on the radio. So there's just this petty series of media appearances. Yes, going back and forth. And I found it very funny because I, I read... Several biographies. And one of her biographies, like, it was like there was some petty stuff about getting into the White House. There was a little petty stuff while they were at the White House. But then that was it. I was like, huh. What about World War II? Did she not have anything to say? Did she not have any opinions? Because it was, like, completely wiped. Hmm. And I was like, that's really strange. And so I listened to another one. And it was more, it was a combination of her and Eleanor Roosevelt called his, Hissing Cousins, which <laughs> is a, a fun name. name. I it's love a, the name. It's a fun read, too. It's, but yeah, it's the back and forth between Eleanor and Alice. And then, we, and then it's like, we find out what Alice was up to, which was left out of her other biography, which mm-hmm. I thought was strange. So what was the deal? So Alice started, um, now granted, this is before... Um, this was when there was fighting over in Europe, but America hadn't joined the war yet, and Alice didn't want America to join the war. So she started up a little thing called America First. Ah, uh, yes. Protesting getting in the war. And so they decided to put up the very famous Charles Lindbergh as their speaker. Oh, boy. Their spokesperson, Charles Lindbergh, <laughs> good friend of Alice Roosevelt. Okay. So, and she got her, her brother Teddy involved, and they were big into this it's, organization. It's nice to see her mixing with the common people. 
so she's protesting, not wanting us to get into it. Her brother's all in, and they're all, yeah, America first. Don't want to get in another European war. And then Charles Lindbergh starts getting more and more anti-Semitic. And it was just like, fuck the Jews. It's their fault. Yeah. And and then Teddy Roosevelt was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I can't go there. I'm not going down this hole with you. So he quits. But Alice in America First actually puts out, like, statements supporting Charles Lindbergh. That is until Pearl Harbor. And sure. after Pearl Harbor, they disband and shut the fuck up. Well, yeah, as you as you as do, one does because either at that point, regardless of their feelings, the America had very clearly decided yes. it, it is time. Yeah, it was time to get involved, and everyone shut the fuck up. And and FDR just kept on being president until he croaked. FDR kept being president, and Alice's brothers, who they had all served in World War One. They got all fucked up during World War One, yeah. and well, so one, one of the one of her brothers died, right? In, yeah, yeah. One of her brothers was shot down during World War One, and it was really sad too because, um, according to Eleanor Roosevelt, she didn't know how he had gotten in the Air Force anyway because he had to have memorized the eye chart. He didn't have good eyesight. So, but yeah, her brother Quentin was shot down during World War Two. And her brother Kermit was stationed overseas, kind of out of away from the fighting. But he was a bad alcoholic. He kept going in and out of sanatoriums for alcoholism. And Eleanor Roosevelt kept having to call in the FBI to find him. Oof. So they kind of shipped him off somewhere quietly. And he committed suicide while on active duty. Jeez. So... There was a lot of tragedy that surrounds the family during World War II. But again, at this point, Alice just shuts up and gets on board. Oh, yeah. America is fighting the and, Axis powers. Yeah. And it's like, so during World War II, she doesn't have a whole lot to say except for when FDR wants to run for that third term. That must really have pissed her off. And it pissed her off to absolutely no end. And she was, you know, this is a monarchy. You can't run for a third term. Granted, her her dad ran for a third term, and that was fine. That was different because that was he, he different. had left office for a little while, and he was going to come back. And again, he wasn't elected that first time. He was kind of yeah. thrown into the situation. So, like, she makes all kinds of excuses. And even though it's like some of her father's principles, like his political stuff, would have been the same as FDR's, one of the things was Social Security. FDR wanted Social Security. Teddy Roosevelt wanted Social Security. But because Franklin wanted it, Alice thought it was bad. <laughs> Got it. Kind of deal. She shit on every fucking thing that he did pretty much. In fact, the only thing that she agreed with was putting Frances Perkins in office. She was all something about... We, something we all agree on. We were all, all about Frances Perkins. But, I mean, and she was all for having women in office. She just didn't want to run herself. So, World War II is kind of... Mm, she was quiet-ish. Well, considering... For how, a lot of it. Considering how she started things, I imagine it was... 
if she yeah. uh, spoke up, what? somebody might what? say, what about that uh, that thing your boy said about the Jews? So, she, yeah, it made sense that she decided to keep her mouth shut. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's not like she was keeping her mouth completely shut. I mean, her radio show was canceled. Right. Her column was canceled. And, you know, kept that shit up until she was a very old lady and dying. Alice got a little canceled, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, her, well, her publications got canceled. I mean, she also, she wrote a biography. She did some stuff. And even though it's like privately, she was like terrible to Eleanor Roosevelt. Like she made fun of her and like even publicly spoke out against the Roosevelts, but she was still going to the White House. Their children were, she would bring Polina to go see the, to go see them. And right. like the family connection was always still there. Like when they were in the White House, they had one of her birthday parties there. Even though it's like they had run an official thing. It's like she was banned from the White House. <laughs> and that was, and it was so funny because there was actually a lot of news that she's like, oh yeah, she was banned from the White House several times. It's like, mm, she was never banned from the White House. She just didn't get invited to the White House because sometimes she was mean. Got it. But her daughter grows up and her daughter, who she was a shy Awkward An little actual girl. shy girl. And so when she would talk, she would start to stutter. And it would frustrate her mom. So her mom started finishing her sentences for her, which is like the worst thing in the world you can do for a child that stutters. So she grew up to be really shy and really introverted. And well, like, of course, she was self conscious about trying to talk. Well, and it's like, and her mom was so famous, and it's like, even as a little girl, it's like, they have so many pictures of her, and it's like, she's never smiling. She's not a happy child. That sucks. It sucks. So, eventually, Polina grows up, and she marries this guy, Alexander McCormick, and she has a daughter, Joanna. And so, Polina's husband dies in 1951, and then six years later, Polina dies of overdose. Ooh. Yeah. What was she taking? Sleeping pills. Oh. So she dies from sleeping pills. And Alice, who admits she was a terrible mother, she did not do well by her daughter. And her daughter died sad and young, Ugh. leaving this nine-year-old granddaughter mm. who Alice takes in and raises. Does she try harder this time? And she tries so much harder this time. Like, even though it's like, again, Alice famously hated being touched and, you know, didn't hug her daughter all the time. So she made sure to hug her granddaughter all the time. Like, she was overly affectionate. She, she, uh, she was overly doting. She overcorrected. She, yeah, sort of. And it's like she became this mom-grandma best friend and was super, super close to her granddaughter, Joanne. Yeah. So... I mean, there's both positive and negative things about that, but, you know, you mm -hmm. do the best you can. Yeah, so at this point, Alice has become an, an old lady, and she is still a fixture in Washington. Well, at this point, she's like an institution. She is the institution of Washington. In fact, to the point where they started calling her the other Washington Monument. <laughs> that was her nickname. Everyone has to make a pilgrimage to see the Alice. Mm-hmm. So Alice became really good friends with the Kennedys. And she also became really good friends with the Nixons. 
Yep, all these, just these little nobody families that yep. aren't going anywhere. But she absolutely loved the Kennedys. She thought they were great. Like, her and Bobby would sit in a corner and, like, gossip. Like, children in corners together. But also liked Nixon. And yet okay. also was friends with Nixon and helped him with some of his campaigns. And helped him bring up, she helped bring him up politically. And um, so, and you know, Alice was a lifelong Republican. And the only time she ever crossed party lines and voted Democrat was for LBJ. <laughs> she loved LBJ. They were really good friends. And at one point, she, there's um, a quote from her. And he was like, why do you wear all these big hats? And she was like, I wear this big, br big brimmed hat so you can't kiss me. Because <laughs> that's the kind of bitch she was. Nice. She was very, very funny. In fact, some of her, like, witticisms were so scathing, like, they hurt people's political shit. She demolished Thomas Dewey by calling him the bridegroom on top of a wedding cake. Mm. <laughs> In the, which got into the papers, which kind of, like, destroyed him, which is very funny. Although, I have to say, my very favorite quote from her is Joe McCarthy. So, this, the, the asshole, oh, yeah. Joseph McCarthy, McCarthy, quote, he had jokingly remarked at a party, quote, here's my blind date. I'm going to call you Alice. She sarcastically said, Senator McCarthy, you are not going to call me Alice. The truck man, the trash man, and the policeman on my block might call me Alice, but you may not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck you, Jim nice. McCarthy. She was really good friends with with Nixon and like she supported him and was vocal for him all the way up to the Watergate scandal. Mm. And she was just like, I can't do this no more. I mean, where uh, she was like, eh. well, her endorsements are uh, sketchy. So, you know, hit, yeah, again, hit and miss, I would say based on the story you told me, she's very fun. I, and again, it's like, Someone who's such a mixed bag. It's very funny. So how do things end up for, for Alice? So Alice stays a strong institution in Washington throughout her entire life. She met every president pretty much from when she was six all the way up until she was 96. Damn. Yeah. Um, she met all the presidents except for the Carters. She, she didn't meet the Carters. She refused to meet them, <laughs> but she had, was, go, was going through breast cancer. So That's she actually fair. had, she went through, she had breast, this bitch had breast cancer twice and fought it. Nice. Yeah. And this is like, she had, um, a mastectomy, one mastectomy in like the sixties and then another one in her seventies. And, uh, she described herself as being the only um, topless oxygenarian in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> she was a fun old bitch. And uh, yeah. And so she lived until she was 96 years old. Damn. Almost made it to the century mark. 1980. Wow. Was when she finally. So we were both alive at the same time as Alice. I had no idea she lived yeah, that long. She lived that long and she was influential for that long. Um, although I think she stopped really putting, being a vocal force for it after Nixon. Right. So, 
Yeah, I mean, there's only a few more years of her life there. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But that is the story of Alice Roosevelt. Alice Roosevelt, wild child turned into Nixon mm -hmm. supporter. Alice Lee Roosevelt Longworth. May she rest in peace. Well, there you go. She was fun and interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. She was just an interesting, funny old bitch. I just think it's funny, too, that she had this rivalry with your favorite Roosevelt of them all. She did. and But you know what's funny is that but they were also very close. Like the silver cigarette holder that FDR is famous for, like his little signature thing, she gave it to him as a gift. It was like a Christmas okay. present. It's like she was always there. Especially considering she was born before Eleanor and died long after her. Right, because she just lived forever. Man, old bitches are hard to kill. Well, she pickled herself with booze her whole life and preserved herself well. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. She was only a moderate drinker. She she was not, not a big like, drinker. Well, not like her husband had yeah. been. Like, I mean, especially because all the alcoholics in her life kind of turned her off from booze. So, But yeah, she, she was not pickled. She... But she was a heavy smoker. Lost two breasts. Yeah, that'll get you. Well, cool. That's Alice Roosevelt. That was our bonus episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to check out ChainsawHistory.com for our other episodes, full show notes, other cool stuff. In that case, we will catch you on the next regular or bonus episode of Chainsaw History. Chainsaw <laughs> History.